we have to do it. We have to review the debacle that took place in Starkville over the weekend on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and over on YouTube, so check us out there. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. And as much as none of us want to, I know I certainly don't, as disappointing as it was, we've got to look back on this 42 to 24 loss that the Aggies took at the hands of the Mississippi State Bulldogs this past weekend. And, you know, the way I keep thinking about it, you know, as I write about this game and talk about this game, is that, you know, when you have a really bad fight with your significant other or a breakup with a with a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, a lot of times for you to get the closure that you need, you got to sort of look back and reflect on it and reflect on what it was and what it could have been and all those sorts of things. You wind up getting that closure and you're able to move forward with your life. And and in terms of following the Texas A&M football team, that's sort of what this feels like right now, is we've got to look back on this game and we've got to really look at it and figure out what on earth happened and what we mean about this team as it stands right now. What does it mean about, about this team going forward for the rest of, 2022 season and what does it mean about this program from a big picture standpoint in terms of the Jimbo Fisher tenure as head coach for Texas A&M which there's a lot of conversation happening around that right now and to start just to start talking you know purely about the game and what took place on the field this game felt a lot like there's this big water tank in the room. And you've, we've all seen the commercial where there's the water tank with the, uh, the, the water. There's one hole in it, and the guy takes the piece of flex tape or flex seal or whatever it is, and he slaps it on the tank. And when he slaps it on the tank, it stops the leak. But it was like when there was one thing leaking for A&M, they would try to slap a piece of flex tape on it to try to fix it, and then another hole would pop up, and then another hole would pop up, and it just felt like they never quite got their footing in all areas of the game, and because of that, even though I think most people would argue, and I think statistically, if you look at the level of recruits that are on the field, A&M had more quote-unquote talent on the field, that talent didn't manifest itself in performance on the field. And 
it started I mean really it started offensively when they could just get absolutely nothing going absolutely nothing I mean uh, this is we've had the same conversation now for how many games in a row that this offense just can not get going the first five drives for Texas A&M. Seven plays, 38 yards, punt. Four plays, 36 yards, punt. Three plays, 31 yards, fumble. They got that ball at the 37-yard line. After the defense got a big stop deep in Mississippi State territory, forced a punt, Moose Muhammad has a nice punt return, they get the ball at the 37-yard line. Prime scoring range. Three plays, 31 yards. They get to the six-yard line. Devon A. Chain, really the only guy who had anything going offensively for most of the game, fumbles at the six-yard line, turns it over. Next drive, three plays, seven yards, punt. The next drive is the two-minute drive. And really, it was about a, about a minute. They got the ball with 50 seconds left. They're driving the ball down the field. Six plays, 30 yards, sack fumble with three seconds left in the half. The entire first half. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, fumble. I mean, that sounds like middle school stuff. I mean, they ran 23 offensive plays in the whole first half. 23. Then finally, they get the ball in the second half. They drive 14 plays, 72 yards, and kick a field goal. Then they get another turnover. They get a turnover from the defense which is how they got back in the game last week against Arkansas. And you're saying, all right, here we go. Big fumble. A&M takes possession. Time to drive down the field and score a touch. Drive the last 25 yards to the end zone. Score a touchdown. Get this game. Turn this game back into a game that we've got a chance to win. Four plays. Minus one yard on offense. Blocked field goal. Returned for a touchdown. Just when the defense gets the stop that they need, gets a turnover, gives the offense a short field, not only does A&M fail to move the ball at all, blocked and a return for a touchdown. Then finally A&M gets it going a little bit. Five plays, 72 yards, and a touchdown. 14 plays, 82 yards, another touchdown. Then two Haynes King interceptions after he had entered the game on the last touchdown drive, right? That eight, 14 play, 82 yard touchdown drive. Max Johnson injured what it looked like he injured his throwing hand, came out of the game. They showed him a few times on the screen, visibly upset and aggravated about what happened. 
Um, Haynes King runs in for the touchdown at the end of the 14-play drive. Then the next two series end interception, interception return for a touchdown. Three plays, 33 yards. Two plays, zero yards. And then the last drive of the game for AM ends at a touchdown as well, which makes it a very meaningless 42-14 to 14 loss. And when you really and then when you turn it over and look at Mississippi State, Mississippi State punted three times in the first three drives of the game, too. AM had an opportunity driving the ball, about to take the lead seven to nothing when Devon A. Chain fumbled at the six-yard line. And then in consecutive series, Mississippi State goes 11 for 94 in a touchdown and nine for 70. I don't know. This team is playing so uninspiringly. I don't know if that's a word we're going to make it over today. Right now, that it's hard to watch. There's going to be a lot of people talking about offensive line problems in pass protection in this game. Some of that is going to be well-earned. Some of that is on the quarterback. You know, we talked a lot coming into the season. We've probably spent more words on this podcast talking about the A&M quarterback for 2022 than we have any other topic combined. And here we are again. Even before Max Johnson got hurt, He was playing the same way Haynes King was playing before he got benched. He just didn't throw the interceptions. He ran into sacks and sack fumbled instead. So many times he drops back to pass. The pocket's relatively clean. And he runs forward in the pocket, climbs the pocket too fast, changes the angle for the defensive lineman, changes the angle of pursuit, Blockers lose their angle, lose their leverage. He's getting hit, getting caught from behind, running out of clean pockets. Now, yes, this was the first full game A&M played without Anaya Smith. And maybe he felt a little uncomfortable in the game because he didn't have Anaya Smith to go to. But, I mean, he had played a total of a game and a half with Anaya Smith as the starting quarterback. And in the last game, he only had one catch before he got hurt in the third quarter. So it's not like a nice Smith was his whoopee that he leaned on to keep him comfy. The quarterback didn't play well. The receivers didn't play all that well. I mean, the Mississippi State defense is better than what you would typically think about for a Mike Leach coached team. But in no way is that a defense that should force an offense that we believed to be, to have the potential to be an explosive group. There's no way they should be able to force that team to run 23 plays for under 150 yards in a first half. 
and score zero points. That is not on the defense for Mississippi State. That is the A&M offense playing absolutely terribly. Before we get into the next conversation about what happened in Starkville, we're going to talk to you about something much less terrible. And these days, every single new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager on your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So you go to LinkedIn Jobs, you create your absolutely free job post, then you add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word to your network that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You know, we are just started the fourth quarter of the year. It's an extremely important part of the year because this is when you set yourself up for success for next year for 2023 as a business. So you got to finish this year strong. You got to set yourself up for 2023. And hiring the right team member can be the thing that might help you do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There weren't very many bright spots in this game. There just weren't. Like I said, even Devon A. Chain, who statistically had a pretty good game. I mean, Devon A. Chain had 111 rushing yards, 21 receiving yards, and 76 kick return yards for 208 total yards. That's a pretty good day. He averaged seven yards per carry. Seven yards per carry. And LJ Johnson came in, averaged 8.3. Three carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. They ran the ball very well to start the game. But the passing game early in the game was an absolute wreck. Max Johnson finished 19 for 26 for 203 yards. And a touchdown. And he was sacked four times. Four sacks. And guys, like I said, there were some problems on the offensive line. Not all those sacks go on the offensive line. 
many, many, many times sacks are driven by the quarterback and either the indecision of the quarterback in the pocket, him li- him winding up and setting up in the wrong place in the pocket, or him leaving a clean pocket and running himself into pressure. And I think you'd say all of those contributed at various points in this game, either to pressure that he was under or to sacks that he took. It just looked like the worst nightmare of what having a quarterback like Max Johnson would look like. You knew that the big, huge play upside wasn't going to be there with Max Johnson. But you hoped that you would get the steady play, that you would get the clean play in the pocket. Nope. It wasn't there. The veteran presence, the guy who started so many SEC games, played in so many huge environments, couldn't handle the cowbells in Starkville, Mississippi. There's some really important quarterback conversations that need to take place that we'll get into later in the week from a big picture standpoint. But The conversation we had all offseason coming into this season was the AM quarterback was the most important player in college football. We had that conversation. How the AM quarterback went would tell the story about so much of the college football landscape, and the outcome has been probably the worst case scenario. You got absolute panic and just turnover fest from Haynes King, which continued when he came back in the game and threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, which included a pick six. So we've now seen Haynes play more than a handful of games, and he is what you have to say. He's going to turn the football over. He's going to give the ball to the other team. And trust me, as somebody who is a Dallas Cowboys fan and plays in the same division as Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones and some of these other quarterbacks in the NFL, the worst thing you can say about another team's quarterback is that, don't worry, they're going to give you the football if you wait long enough. And that is where you are with Haynes King right now. He's going to make some plays, but don't worry. He'll give you the football, and you'll have a chance to get him back for those plays. And then you have Max Johnson, who seemed, from the TV angle, and I will readily and fully admit that watching just the TV angle of a game is really difficult to get really quality analysis of what the quarterback is seeing and doing because you can't see what's happening down the field. But... With Max Johnson, you got what appeared to be skittish, indecisive, hesitant, unable to handle pressure in the pocket. And you can't have the combination of can't handle pressure in the pocket and holds on to the ball too long. That is a death sentence for a quarterback. 
if you are skittish in making decisions and you hold on to the ball too long as a result, and you combine that with the inability to handle pressure, you are creating pressure by holding on to the ball and creating chaos by not being able to handle the pressure. And you will absolutely ruin an offense that way. And then you combine that with severe underthrows at times. Severe. On what should be completable balls. And you just have this recipe for what you've gotten, which is just absolute disaster on the offensive side of the ball for Texas A&M. And that is what happened against Mississippi State. That defense is a pretty good defense. It's not a good enough defense to do what they did to A&M this weekend. I'm excited to talk to you guys about, you know who it is, you know them, you love them, Bet Online. They're your number one source for betting information for football and all your other sports this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information, the live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. The offensive execution for AM is below par. Drops, underthrows, missed assignments, fumbles, sack fumbles, interceptions, panic in the pocket, all of it that can go wrong has gone wrong for Texas A&M on the offensive side of the ball at this point. And at this point, we are five games into the season. We are almost halfway through the 2022 college football season, and it has not gotten better. We, this is who A&M's offense is. And we have to know that it's not getting better. And they have Alabama this week. We are in a position that no football team, no fan base wants to be in. Because, yes, it is really good and really important to play acceptable, high enough level defense in any area, in any level of football. But if you can't score, you can't win. And this A&M team cannot score. Even going back to the game against Arkansas, they only scored 23 points. And seven of them came from a fumble recovery for a touchdown that took a lateral from one player to another to get that touchdown. The most they've scored all year was 31 points against Sam Houston State. And even that wasn't sustainable offense. It was really three or four big plays from AM's players who were just supremely more talented than the guys that Sam Houston ran out there because of the difference in level of competition. Every time A&M has played 
a team with a defense at, or with talent at the Division One FBS level, they have absolutely, completely failed to move the football. And it was no different against Mississippi State. There was, a, there was a bright spot in the receiving game. Moose Muhammad showed up in a big way in his first game, replacing Anaya Smith as the primary sort of slot interior receiver. Caught six balls for 119 yards and a touchdown, and 56 of those yards came after the catch. It was very clear. He played much better against Mississippi State than he did against Arkansas. It was very clear that he could win in the middle of the field when he needed to and when he wanted to. And it just took them too long to find it and get to it. But good on Moose for playing a much better game and being really, along with Devon A. Chain, really the only bright spots in the entire game for AM. He had the punt return to set up what should have been a short field drive down for a touchdown. Then he also had 119 yards and a touchdown receiving. Put that with Devon A. Chain's 200 yards of total offense or total yardage, all purpose yards, and you should have had enough from those two to put with viable quarterback play around them. You should have had enough. But you just can't turn the ball over four times and expect to win a football game and have a kick blocked and have that return for a touchdown. A&M is playing football in hard mode on offense right now. And it's hard to know right now whether the coaches get it that they're putting their team in hard mode because so many of these college offenses these days that are so good give their teams, give their players answers to the test on the field. That it's easy. It's free-flowing. They can play fast. The quarterbacks have answers. They know where to go with the ball. And it just feels so many times like this offense just cannot get on the same page. And when it comes to offensive failure at this level, it comes back to the quarterback and it comes back to the head coach. We're going to keep having these sorts of conversations over the next couple of days as we review more and look back on this Mississippi State game and what it means for the team as a whole in 2022 and what it means for the team as a whole moving forward under head coach Jimbo Fisher. I'm sure and I hope that somebody, one of our friends in the media this week asks Jimbo Fisher again about the idea of allowing someone else on his staff to call the plays moving forward. And continues to ask that question as we move towards the offseason and the subject of um, an outside offensive coordinator who will come in and call the plays gets broached. 
because it needs to, it has to. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today as we dive in to the mud on what happened last weekend. We're going to hang out here for a little while as we sort of start to figure out what it means going forward. But for right now, I'm your host, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. You can follow us on YouTube as well at Locked on Aggies there. Please do that. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. Comment on the videos. Subscribe to the videos. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you get notified every time we release a new video. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your podcast platforms. Leave us a rating and a review there. We appreciate it so much. Now that you have made Locked On Aggies your first listen, make sure you go check out Locked On SEC. I tell you guys about this every day because it means that much to me, and it's such a fantastic product. Locked On SEC is hosted by Chris Gordy, who does a fantastic job taking you around the SEC with the local experts of the Locked On Network and others in 30 minutes or less. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you tomorrow.